rich families are curious things. Most of them would give their right kidneys and half of their liver too to possess just a fraction of what the Dane family had flowing through them. But Kat had other plans. The magic would end with her, and if it didn't, well, she had a plan for that too. This is the Dark Inheritance Podcast, a serial about family, hate, and magic. Last time on Dark Inheritance. He shrugged before he remembered the action with Hurt. Sure, he said, setting his notebook down at her coffee table and massaging his shoulder. She set a glass of iced tea in front of him and settled herself in one of the armchairs that flanked the table. He took his cues from her and sat on the couch. It was an old wicker piece that creaked under his weight and smelled like dead roses. She watched him with a sharp gaze. What do you know? He tilted his head and considered her question. Why don't we start with your name and what happened to make you call 911? That'll give me a better idea of where we stand. Chapter 3, Kate Hello? She called tentatively, putting the book down on the table and turning back around to the room. Above her head, something or someone moved upstairs. The floorboards creaked under their weight. Who's there? She asked to the ceiling. Her voice sounded thin and frightened to her own ears. The ceiling didn't answer. A moment passed and then the thing upstairs moved and the creaking resolved in the footsteps. She moved to the foot of the stairs and craned her neck to look up. The L-shaped stairwell prevented her from seeing the top, but the white ceiling, made brilliant by the south-facing windows, chased away the fear that clung like spiderwebs and emboldened her. Hello, she called again. Who's there? A man's face, pinched and lined with age, appeared over the banister above her head and she jumped. Who are you? he demanded. Kate, she said automatically the word tumbling out of her mouth before she could think better of it. His face stilled, the sneer that lingered above his lips dissolving. He stood up, disappearing from her view. She heard him walk around to the top of the stairs. Who are you? She asked the empty stairwell. And what are you doing in my grandmother's house? I could ask you the same thing, he said, coming down the stairs. He was carrying another cardboard box and he was taller than she expected lean and lanky like a praying mantis. Beneath ashen hair streaked with gray, his face was long with sharp hawkish features. He scowled at her, pushing his yellowing acrylic glasses further up his nose with a finger that was stained with nicotine. Something about him spoke of danger and she backed up, eyeing him warily. His scowl twisted into a predatory smile. Who are you? She asked again. I'm hurt you don't remember Uncle Henry, he mocked. Her mind flew through the list of relations she could remember. I don't have an Uncle Henry. Yes, you do, he countered, moving past her and setting the box he carried on the table next to the field guide. Or didn't Maggie tell you? I married your Aunt Susan. The casual use of her mother's name was deliberate. You knew my mother? He flicked a glance at her and picked up the discarded field guide. I grew up with Susan and Richard. 
He put the book back into the box. Maggie was like a little sister to me. Kate looked around the room. It suddenly felt vast and alien. She glanced back at the open door to the little red rental car she could see beyond. Here was her chance to leave. To put this whole awful chapter of her life behind her forever. Someone else was there to clean up the mess. She should feel relief. She didn't. You don't have to worry about it anymore, he said, as if reading her thoughts. I'm taking care of things. She swung her gaze back to him. He was watching her with a calculating look in his eyes. Why are you here? She questioned. He gestured to the house around them. Someone had to pack up all this stuff. The sneer from earlier ghosted across his lips. No one ever expected you to come back. His gaze flickered to her hands. She flinched. I didn't have a choice, did I? Didn't you? He asked archly. No one forced you to come back. You could have stayed wherever it was you were. The words were bitter and sharp. He blamed her. She flushed. Someone had to take care of the estate, she said. She didn't tell him that it was her one opportunity to finally get some answers. She glanced at him. I didn't know... She shrugged, letting the sentence remain unfinished. She hadn't known he existed. When she got the call from the sheriff's office telling her that her family was dead, they hadn't mentioned him. As far as Kate had known, the line ended with her, to sound or not. He looked away from her, but she could still see the lines of pain etched into his face. Then, before she could register the change, the pain morphed into anger and he swung his hard gaze back to her. Didn't know what, he asked, his voice cutting, that there was someone else who might claim the prize? Anger flooded through her, a rational, self-righteous anger. This house wasn't a prize. He couldn't understand how it felt to live under the threat of her grandmother, always looking over her shoulder, expecting the lightning strike at every moment of her life. She balled her hands and felt the scars tighten. She tried not to remember the way the magic had felt flowing through her, but being in that house made the memory stronger. She shook as grief and anger warred within her. Henry watched her and said nothing, and that angered her even more. She opened her eyes, biting words on her tongue, but before she could speak, a howl rose from the depths of the house, keened under the summer sun, a sound comprised of groaning beams and grinding stone. The floor beneath her feet shook and she lost her balance, collapsing against the table. Behind her, the pictures in their frames rattled against the wall, the large one of her mother and grandmother falling from its nail and landing inches from Kate's feet. It felt like the whole bulk of the house above her was swaying, and the sensation of the world moving without her made her stomach roll. She looked at Henry. He was clutching the edge of the table to keep himself upright. Outside, something crashed. Words of warning formed in her throat as emergency drills from school filled her head. They should get under the table. It would be safer. The table was a relic from the past, as long and thick as the tree it had been hewn from. As she opened her mouth to shout at him, the world stopped moving. At first, no movement was almost as disorienting as the movement itself had been. It felt like something wrong had happened, like something was missing. But then her head stopped spinning and gravity pulled her solidly back against the earth, grinding her. She breathed in deeply, pulling the scent of the house and her ghostly predecessor deep into her lungs. Right, Henry said, pushing himself away from the table. I can take a hint. Startled, 
Kate looked up at him. What? He ignored her and looked around the room, his expression clouded by contempt. Is that what you want, you old hag? He threw a sharp glance at her, still sagged against the table, shards of glass at her feet. The princess can have her castle back. Kate wordlessly watched him stalk out the back door with a sense of bewilderment. Had he honestly thought an earthquake was a sign for the grave? She shook her head and carefully maneuvered herself away from the shards of broken glass. If he had, he hadn't known her family very well. She heard a car door slam through the open back door, then a rumble of an engine. She walked to the door and watched as a beat-up red pickup bounced over the uneven backyard before disappearing down the slope toward the road. Welcome home, kiddo. This isn't my home, she said to her mother's memory. The sentiment was bittersweet. Kate and this house have a difficult history. Kate's purpose as a character is personal growth. She has run away from this family at a young age with her mother, basically never looked back, and she's only come back to the family farm now that everyone's dead. And she has questions. She has a lot of questions, and there's no one left to answer them. Her mother was closed-lipped, and her grandmother never reached out, so... Now that she's the only Dane left, there's no one left to answer these questions except the house. Now the house is as much a character as any other living, breathing character in the story. And the house is a large part of Kate's nightmares as a child. It almost, to her seven-year-old eyes, she was seven when she left, to her seven-year-old eyes, the house seemed like it was an entity in itself and she didn't know how to deal with living in a magical household where her grandmother was a witch and the house somehow obeyed her wills, or at least that's how it appeared to a seven-year-old. I mean, how would you, in a, as a seven-year-old, what do you remember as a seven-year-old? How much of that is fabricated in your mind? How much of that is embellished? So Kate is trying to deal with that, with these possibly tarnished memories and trying to figure out what the hell happened that night that she and her mother left? Why did her grandmother hate her so much to disown her the way she did? So she's trying to figure this, this path out on her own and she has no one left to help her. And she comes across um, my personal second favorite character, Henry. Henry is a uh, misanthrope and he's mercutial and I didn't say that word right. And Henry is, Henry's a catalyst in this story. I don't I wouldn't say that's his main job as a character, but definitely inside the story he's a catalyst for many things. His actions spark other things that happen to other characters and as as the author I, I look back and I'm sure I could have found a way to make things work without Henry there doing some of the work for me, but he is certainly the most fun way to make some of these happen that it's just Henry's almost carelessness, but not quite carelessness. I guess I would probably qualify it more as a his self-centeredness has sparked some of these things to happen. And he doesn't, he just doesn't care. He cares about himself and he basically hates the rest of the world and he thinks none of it is trustworthy and he's gonna do what he's gonna do. And he thought, for the first time, he was finally free. 
of the Danes. And he could do what he wanted to do. And then to find out that, oh wait, there's the granddaughter still to deal with. And he just, he basically throws an old man hissy fit. Um, Henry's in his 50s and... I guess set in his ways and he doesn't want to have to deal with this young 20-something coming in and telling him that she's now the, I guess, estate owner of this farm. So Henry has a lot to deal with too in the story and part of it is coming to terms with he's not the center of everybody else's world, I guess. I mean, I guess he probably never thought he was the center of anybody else's world, but you, you know that sense of feeling where sometimes you have to step back from yourself and realize the wants and fears and needs of other people and henry hasn't had to do that for a very long time and so his journey in the story is going to be basically learning to be part of humanity again and what does that mean to henry to be a human join me in the next episode episode four we're going to revisit tad and simone calhoun and see where that story takes us. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, I have a Patreon site and I would be glad to accept any support you're willing to offer. I have tiers as low as a dollar a month for patron shoutouts. You get a, I'd say basically a personal thank you to you in the credits for a whole month. Um, all the way up to I think the highest tier is $25 a month where you have, um, early access to episodes, um, bonus episodes, behind the scene contents, basically get the whole kit and caboodle with that one. But if you're interested in supporting the COD podcast, if you want to get things earlier than everybody else, then please head over there and check it out. It is um, Patreon and you just look up Dark Inheritance and that's where it is. Dark Inheritance was created by DMZ Barth. Theme music was created by Vierinen and Philip Mariani. Special effects were created by Tippa Sound, Zombie Unit, and Red Octopus. Special thanks to all the subscribers who make this podcast possible.